Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome into another FSE video. Fantasy Stock Exchange back with you guys for quarterbacks 13 through 24 in our redraft rankings. Before I ask how you guys is doing and how we're hanging in there today, we're going to hit the intro. What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Quarterback rankings? All right, so if you watched, um, I guess it'd be Wednesday's video, we had QBs 1 through 12. This will be 13 through 24, a little bit um, concise or shorter, if you will. Use the link down below. You can get all 24 or 30 some, however much we rank out to rankings. That'll get you just your email in there. Uh, with that, you will save money on the draft guide or the in-season package. We'll run ads, et cetera, and stuff like that. So make sure to get in that uh, just down below the first link. Um, so sign up for that. You'll get all the rankings. And we'll start it off right away. So our consensus using the same average is Daniel Jones at our QB 13. Um, so Daniel Jones is our QB 13, and we are very spread out on him. So I have him at 17, Bush has him at 8, Tyler 10, and Danny 14. So I, I kinda, I'll let you go first, Bush, and I'll just give my reasoning as to why I have him at 17. Yeah, so for us educated individuals who have him at 8 um, – I can't read. Daniel Jones, to me, it's pretty much the same rationale I had for Kyler Murray. When you see that kind of production, those kind of boom games that Daniel Jones had, he had five games where he had uh, like 22, 25 plus fantasy points. He also was one of only two quarterbacks that had more than one uh, 30 plus fantasy point game last year. And Lamar Jackson was the other one. So, I mean, those ceiling games are what you look for out of your quarterback, especially when you're streaming, which is like the kind of territory of quarterbacks we're in right now. And, when you look at what they added in the offseason, they added additions. They had auditions to the O line. They had um, they added what my, in my opinion, is the safest tackle in the draft, and Andrew Thomas, who should definitely solidify. I don't know whatever tackle spot that they're going to want him to play. And then they also drafted a guy in the third round that should um, be a developmental guy, maybe to eventually take over for Nate Solder. And then the weapons core was banged up last year, and I mean Evan Ingram is probably going to be banged up his whole career, so. Um, who knows with that, but like when you look at the weapons that he has to deal with, Darius Slayton was coming into his own. He's going to be a stud next year. Saquon Barkley is one of the best running backs in the league. Um, Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, these guys are uh, run after catch guys that'll help uh, pad Daniel Jones's stats uh, quite a bit. And I mean, honestly, if he can clean up like the fumbles and stuff, like he, he has a baseline rushing floor. And to me, there's not too much of a difference between him and Josh Allen. I think actually Daniel Jones's surrounding cast is better than Josh Allen's. Yeah. I mean, didn't play four games last year. Uh, finishes the quarterback 24. Uh, obviously, what we're seeing with him is those huge games and then those uh, very, very kind of poor games that we're not really – we feel that it's an inconsistent start. And I think that's why Lucas and Danny are kind of a little bit lower than him on, uh, on Daniel Jones uh, is that inconsistency. And, and that's fine. But, I mean, we still we see that same inconsistency with other quarterbacks uh, that we've ranked above above him and I'm just I'm just bought into the rushing attack I think we talk about it with Lamar we talk about it with Kyler we talk about it with Josh Allen uh Watson Russell Wilson I mean these are guys um there's a reason they're so high up it's because that that rushing baseline is is very important and yes he's going to clean up uh the fumbles um is that guaranteed no but 
again, you going into another year in the NFL is going to help you improve it, at least in the, in the slightest bit. And I think him as a passer is just going to improve too. Uh, the line is going to protect him. He's not going to be put on his ass all the time. And I think that's important for him to actually do something and do some damage in the NFL. Uh, I'm very high on Daniel Jones as a quarterback for fantasy purposes, especially this year. Uh, sorry, I was going to mention, I have him currently at second lowest at 14. And that's mostly due to the fact that I know the system that they're bringing in is the Jason Garrett system. I've seen that the past 10 years from the Cowboys. We're going to see a whole lot of Saquon Barkley. We're going to see a whole lot of Evan Ingram. But aside from that, I mean, the, it's, the volume just simply not going to be there, in my opinion. Uh, again, I'm not low on him by any means. I mean, 14, there's only one person we haven't mentioned that I have currently one spot ahead of him. We'll actually get to that in our next uh, well, player that we bring up. But, uh, again, 14 doesn't necessarily mean I'm low on him. I just – he's good. He's a, a, a B – I don't want to say a B-tech Josh Allen, but that's kind of how I feel in the sense that you can get a little bit of a rushing upside, obviously, with the athleticism. But I don't think the passing volume is necessarily going to be there to what we expect from him in terms of a second-year leap, simply because I don't, the system, I don't think the system will allow him to. I mean, although we hated uh, – I don't want necessarily say we want to hate it, but uh, what Shermer did for them – he still threw the ball at a cra- or he called plays like passing plays at a crazy split last year compared to what Jason Garrett's ultimately going to bring to the table, in my opinion. So again, I'm not low on him by any means. I just kind of have a uh, literally only one person I haven't mentioned that is ahead of him right now. The situation to me is pretty similar though. Like I'm not saying Daniel Jones is as good as Dak Prescott. I don't think he is, but the Giants' defense is is bad. Like it's it's not good. Like they're going to have to throw whether they like it or not. Saquon Barkley is like an elite receiver, so. We saw Jason Garrett use um, Zeke Elliott much more in the passing game than, I mean, I, I think that many people expected Zeke Elliott to be used in the passing game in 2018 when he it's, was. It's 70 plus catches. Uh, again, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we kind of see like that uh, first three years of Dak where, where he was kind of ranked, or the middle two years of Dak where he was kind of ranked between the 10 and 12 range. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that from Daniel Jones. Again, but you have him at 14. I mean. Yeah, well, I mean, 10 to 12 range, that's. Yeah, and like we're ultimately splitting hairs pretty much from 10 to 25. Like there's so much depth at the quarterback position, which is, I mean, we haven't really stated this yet. Don't draft him early. This is why. is because (laughs) you can really make the case from anyone from like 8 to 20 that they have top five upside. Like it's it's really that deep at this position. So, uh, Lucas, we'll let you give your thoughts on Daniel Jones since you haven't gone yet. Yeah. Yeah, so like Tyler said, he was very boomer bust. He had 30 or more fantasy points. In four games, I don't know what the percentage of his total points are, but those games were Washington, Detroit, the Jets, and Washington. So all against the abysmal- okay. So my point, my counterpoint to that is: Would you have sat him in those games because he's a streaming quarterback? He's in streaming territory. No, but here's so you know when to play him is is a benefit. And I think as he was a rookie too, he's a rookie quarterback from Duke University. Like if he's able to, and even if he doesn't improve in this area, he's still going to be a high end streamer. But I think because he was a rookie and because of the additions that they made, he's only going to get more consistent. Maybe he's not the most consistent quarterback of all time, but where you're getting him, like, I mean, he's going off yeah. the board probably yeah. around the quarterback 15 he, range. So, so he's, you can pair him with another quarterback and stream the matchups. So yeah, but your, ranking, your rankings aren't based on streaming value and where you would – so so he comes in. I, I'm, I'm just really – I'm high on the talent. I think he's going to I think he's gonna take a step yeah, forward so, and become a more consistent guy. I think the, the inconsistency yeah. was as a result of him being a rookie. He's still so, playing so he put he put up I would guarantee more than seventy percent in those four games, and they have the second hardest strength of schedule based on twenty twenty win totals, with only four of those games being with teams less than seven wins. 
Okay, it's ba- based on win totals, but not defensive. DVOA but then I, I have more. Like you, gotta, you gotta let me get the full breakdown. So then oh. 29th in strength of schedule against opposing defensive efficiency, 23rd in pass defense efficiency, and 26th in rush defense efficiency. So if they can't get Saquon going in their first four games against Steelers, Bears, Niners, and Rams, they're gonna have to chuck the ball on Steelers, Bears, Niners, Rams. Obviously, the Rams defense is subpar. The Bears is I think okay. the Bears took a step back too. But adding Joe Judge switches up the whole offense. Now they're going to say they're going to run Jason Garrett, so there's going to be some controversy there. The I, don't, line- I don't really think that's like the end all. I don't – like Dak, Dak finished uh, 6, 10, 11. I'm and- saying because you make rankings based on fantasy finish and where you think they are ranking compared to the others. If he only puts up 70% of his points against bad defenses and they have the second hardest strength of schedule – he won't finish as QB 8 or 10 because the games will be bad. Like I mean, he will if he's putting up 35 points against those teams like he was last year. Four of those games, and he was QB 24. And he only sat out four games, so maybe he's QB 15. So you're saying well, that that happens, the reason, Okay, the reason I have him so high, like I said, he's, he's in streaming territory. Like where he's being drafted is streamer territory. The reason I have him that high is because you know when to stream him. He's, he's yeah, a guy who performs in, in – but, but that's not a QB 8, though. Like that, that's completely – counteracting the, the i think he's more than just like, I, no saying, and the, the, the way i'm talking about him is like as a high-end streamer i think that's his floor like i think the rushing along with the development he's going to take as a player i know the new system might stunt his development a little bit but i i, I think he's going to take a leap forward he, he came from duke university we're talking about here he's, he's literally this year's josh allen yeah that that's exactly i see the exact same patterns with josh allen and minus, his weapons uh, or his weapons core is going to do him so many favors all of his weapons that he has are either like deep threats or uh, run after the catch guys. They're all going to give him some. Uh, I remember two years ago, uh, Jared Goff had the most like fraudulent stat line of all time because all of his like plays were like run after catch plays. I could totally see us talking next year about Daniel Jones's like touchdown percentage having to like it has to regress or something because he had just like a uber efficient season because he has all these run after catch guys. Uh, I just want to mention, like, I don't, uh, this isn't my, my hate towards Daniel Jones or dislike towards Daniel Jones. I mean, I have my 14. I still think he's a fine option. I just didn't see anywhere, any way where if we're projecting a full 16 games where he finishes ahead of guys like Matt Stafford, uh, Drew Brees, Carson Wentz, I just don't think he passes them this year. So ultimately here, I'm kind of like the middle uh, between you and uh, Lucas. But I just don't think his ceiling can really match those guys in my opinion. The separating factor with those guys is injury. Stafford and Stafford and Wentz would be above him for me if it wasn't for the injuries. Yeah. So I guess I, I'm going to stream Daniel Jones. I'm going to have him on the teams because he's a good fantasy player. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about rankings. He will not be QB8 unless he overcomes that bad – like he plays good against bad defenses, which he showed nothing of that last year. And adding Andrew Thomas does not fix that because the rest of their O-line is terrible outside of Andrew Thomas and Kevin Zeitler. But I get, like, what you're saying in terms of streaming, but, like, it's a rankings episode, not – No, I, I agree. I, I just I, – I'm more so betting on him taking a step forward in that department because I think I think he's as safe as he gets. Like, the streaming part, like I said, it's just – that's his baseline, not, like, what I expect from him. I expect more from him, but I think his baseline is always you can fall back on he's a, good, he's a high-end streamer. And to the line thing, just real quick before we bounce to the next guy – is he had nothing last year, and now he has something, and it's like let's see those guys. Yeah, we develop. said that about we said that about the Jets though last year too. Adding something always helps, but it in the line the line's still not good. They just okay, say so he plays left tackle, then they'll just blitz on the right side with Nate Solder, and nothing's fixed. Like okay, it's, so what? Thirty five point games just like disappear because now they do when you play good defenses, which was shown last year. 
Like it took the four worst defenses. Yeah. That were find, find me find me a rookie quarterback that just tore up the NFL in every single game. Well, I hope I hope he can beat the Lions without Matt Stafford. I hope he can beat. The yeah, Redskins. and it's not like those games disappear. You get the Redskins twice a year. You get the Eagles who have a bad. Plus injuries happen to oh, no, defensive Eagles, players defense, and all that shit. Secondary. The Eagles defense is still good too. So they got a really good. So. Front. I don't they think the really Eagles good. defense is good at all. I think they, they have, have Darius Slay, and you just don't throw at him. They, they have a really good front seven. One of the best. Uh, like, one, one of the best front okay. sevens in the league. Well, they a good linebacker on their the team. Ball, they just, when they sack him twenty times, because their O line is terrible. Like it, it all. It's not in, terrible though. They have Will Hernandez, who's one of the best young guards in the league. Kevin Zeitler is as consistent as they come. Andrew, Andrew Thomas, like I said, it's a bit of a projection, but I think he's the safest of all the tackles. Another piece. Maybe Shoulder bounces back. Joe Judge came from the Patriots system and maybe he picked up a thing or two from Dante Scarnecchia. Yeah, and so Nate Shoulder was with him there, so it might be a more of a familiarity perspective. Uh, again, my, my main concern, obviously, like the talents there, uh, he's got the weapons. Again, it's just the, the overall passing volume of the offense. I mean, Joe Judge, Jason Gannon have repeatedly said, we want to really uh, play a smash mode type brand of When your defense is as bad as the Giants, you're not going to have a choice. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll see. All right, next up, Baker Mayfield, uh, the BR, with 14, uh, 14th quarterback, and we kind of have him split again. Um, so Tyler's the lowest at 18, Corey's the highest at 11, and then we're mixing in the middle. Um, so Tyler, why do you have him at 18 lower than guys like Rodgers, Goff, um, Drew Locke, guys like that? Yeah, it's all Kevin Stefanski, and it's a uh, little guy named uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb that's going to be the core part of that offense. Um where I, I don't know if I can get behind Baker as a passer uh, because I just genuinely believe this this offense is going to run through running the ball uh, with, with Hunt and, and with Nick Chubb. Um, that's just kind of my, my main kind of argument for why I don't really see Baker as being an efficient guy. Kirk Cousins finished as, as quarterback 15 with, with Stavansky last year, uh, and that's Kirk Cousins, who I think is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. So let's see it. He doesn't have really a mobile upside. Um, he's sitting here at 18 for me. I, it may be a touch low, but it's a team that's just going to run the ball. When they ran the ball last year, that was when they were winning. And it, it, doesn't take, it doesn't take someone to just step into that offense to see that that's actually the way they're going to win games. And if they want to win games, then let's run the ball. And if they don't and they want to finish another 6-10 and 10 season, then, yeah, maybe Baker will finish as a quarterback 14 like you guys have I just wanted to touch upon uh, – you said Kirk Cousins finished his quarterback 15 last year. Uh, well, Baker's basically inheriting that system, except he has plenty more weapons to work with. And in general, like we, you said well, Kirk Cousins – It's not about weapons. It's about opportunity. Well, I mean – Even the weapons if you're – Weapons, uh, weapons mean, lead to high efficiency, though. When yeah, you have good, like, good receivers, good tight ends, and all that running backs that can catch the ball, it le- like I said with Daniel Jones, it leads to us saying next year, Baker's touchdown percentage has to go down. It's when you, when you have receivers and – quarterbacks that aren't the elite guys that aren't Watson, that aren't Wilson, that aren't um, uh, Mahomes, they're only as good as the weapons around them. And, and can you honestly tell me that Baker Mayfield's supporting cast is not top three in the league? We said that is. last year though too. So. Not, whoa. Uh, no, I did not. I said his offensive line is going to get him killed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jack, Jack Conklin, Jack Conklin and Jessica Wilson. You can't, you good. can't be an efficient, good offense without a good offensive line. You yeah, just can't. They just, uh, they just brought in two tackles that are run tackles. Like, yeah. Let's and go. that'll, I mean, they're, like they're I said, better pass blocking tackles than what they had last year. Though. Yeah, yeah they are. And, and, I mean, I could have gone out there and been better tackle than fucking what they had last year. So you, exactly. So which means, like I said, it's like, you're going to see with a lot of my rankings, uh, I like to bet on. I like to bet on the upside. I, I especially with quarterbacks where it's a re- replaceable position. If Mayfield busts, I can pick someone off the waiver wire, and it's it's not really. It's like kind of no harm, no foul. 
I'm willing to bet on the upside because I think the weapons and the ta- like, I think the talents there, you obviously don't, but I think the talents and the weapon is there uh, to Baker to have a completely just bonker season from an efficiency perspective. And I know you don't want to bet on efficiency, but it's going to happen. There's going to be two or three quarterbacks next year that were way more efficient than we anticipated. Uh, Cousins is not Cousins is not a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. He's he a is. great quarterback. He's a safe quarterback. Baker Mayfield's yeah. upside is far higher. I'd much rather have a safe quarterback than, than a guy uh, who's going to throw 20 picks in, in a season. I'm good. Yes, and why? That's that's very. It's very possible that Baker Mayfield's a complete bust in, in fantasy this year. And I'll take all the heat How about I can get for that. Light? But I'm I'm going to bet on it. it it's uh, something I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm going to fall I'm going to fall on the sh- uh, fall on the sword if he if he sucks. I mentioned when we were talking about Daniel Jones, how I have him at 14, and there was one other quarterback I had above him. Uh, it was Baker. I just look at it from obviously, like you mentioned, the volume may not be there. But again, it wasn't there last year as well. When you when you take into account, like there's not a huge change. Obviously, Stefanski's going to bring in an all-run offense. I get that, but it wasn't like they were top five in the NFL in terms of pass run split last year. So you can't really project a huge difference there in overall volume. And when you're when you're getting guys like Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, you added Austin Hooper in the offseason, you added an overall better coach. Like, don't get me started on Freddie Kitchen, but he was just fucking awful last year. You add Stefanski, you can actually have an efficient offense. Not to mention adding two bookend tackles that are much improved over what the team had last year. I do believe that Baker Mayfield is going to be a huge bounce back. Not to mention, I mean, you just look at the team last year as a whole, whether it was hype in the offseason, whether it was inconsistencies to start the year, everybody underperformed on that team. Uh, typically, I like to bet on good, talented players bouncing back. Like, we, can't, we can't expect a guy like Odell Beckham, who has shown throughout his career, like when he's on his game, he's a top five talent. Players like that, where to the point is, you can't just expect them to stay in a rut throughout the rest of their career. This is so Baker's just, element too, man. He's he's a walk on. This is just like he's got the chip on his shoulder right now. This is exactly when you want Baker. It's like yeah, when he, Nick Foles is a backup quarterback. You can keep that chip yeah. on his shoulder as this is his third coach in in three NFL years. Give me maybe next year. Maybe next year. Yes, he finally actually shows that he can be a decent half decent quarterback. I mean, he like, has the rookie touchdown passing record, like dude, over Peyton Manning. Why does so that not, matter? He was a rookie two years ago. <laughs> okay, but like, like think of all the good rookie seasons we've seen. No one has broken, that, broken that record that he has. So he, he's yeah. not a bad quarterback. People thought he was a, a, like a top eight quarterback asset in the league going into the uh, going into this past year. So he's still a talented quarterback. He had a bad season. He's going to keep his mouth shut and just play football this year. No commercials. Huh, how no do you problem. know? <laughs> You're because that's how that professional athletes think. Really? That's I how think, professional athletes think. They don't just like fucking curl up and like, and, and give up. They, they, they get motivated. They work uh, harder. He's, he's uh, we, we're only two in and we're like 20 minutes. What it got <laughs> to is they're Those were the biggest, the biggest debates though. They're, they're going to run the ball. So we're banking on a TD rate like Ryan Tannehill. Or he's going to be Kirk Cousins' level of fantasy production because it's not going to exceed that unless there's a high TD rate. It's just how it is. Like they're going to run the ball. You can take any rushing quarterback. High TD rates will produce in fantasy, obviously. But if he doesn't and has about an average, he'll just be right around a QB 13, 14. So where he's respectively probably going is probably still a safe pick. Yeah. Just, if he was quarterback five, I wouldn't be in on him because like then you have yeah. to draft him like highly. And also, if he was a running back, I wouldn't be like betting on him mm-hmm. because. Yeah, it's a harder. Left. It's harder to replace that position. He's in. He plays a replaceable position, so I'm willing to take the L if he's a huge bust. Yeah. He's so basically, awesome. when you're drafting him, just make sure that like one of the worst teams in the red zone last year somehow snaps their fingers and fixes that because that's what you're gonna need. You're gonna need a seven to eight TD rate in order for him to be. They were six in, in red zone percentage last year. They weren't terrible. 
Like they like yeah. that's bottom half of the league, but it's right there at the middle. And like, Kevin Stefanski started this year once he was like in the headlines that he's going to use the analytics because he's that type of guy. So we're going to move on now to Jared Goff and Aaron Rodgers are tied. Uh, to me, they're just right here because no matter how bad you can make up a narrative that their situation sucks, they finish here every single year. They're going to finish here this year. Um, I. Jared Goff's offense stayed the same, and Aaron Rodgers just added a receiver. So, really, they didn't get worse by any means in terms of a one-year stint. Uh, so, I think it's going to be kind of that high two with the upside of the one that we see some weeks. Um, but they're not really that appealing to me in general. Yeah. Um, Jared Goff, I'm pretty, I'm pretty high on relatively. Um, I just kind of believe in him and not, not really believe in him, more or less believe in the fact that they're going to pass the ball a lot. Um, and they kind of built weapons to continue doing that because they don't care about defense and offensive line and you know, running efficiently. So they're just going to pass it a shit ton, and that's kind of what I'm counting on with the with the 14th uh, spot that I have him at. Yeah, no, uh, I, I currently have him the lowest here. I'm on 18, but again, all these guys are a mix and match. You pick and choose. I just think that overall the Rams are going to be a, a declining team from what we've seen in the past. They're going to use a lot more 12 personnel with those tight ends that they have, obviously. Wow. Uh, they, well, they have three extremely talented tight ends in Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett, and uh, they recently drafted Bryce Hall. Well, that means they're just going to use three tight ends. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, they did show it over the stretch. Uh, the last eight games last year, they were one of the highest usages in terms of 12 personnel. I don't think that changes, especially when you use one of your best receivers in Brandon Cooks in the offseason. Yeah, but you also lost your running back. They're counting on a rookie to put up the same. So, I mean, I mean again, they've, they've stated before and before – uh, that they're uh, confident with the three-back system that they have, obviously, with Henderson, Akers, and Brown. Uh, whether that comes to fruition or not, whether that comes to fruition or not, they're still ultimately going to uh, use those guys. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to fall off a cliff. Obviously, they're one of the past heaviest teams in the league. I just think if you're banking on Jared Goff ultimately producing top 15, uh, replicating his 626 attempts from last season, that's ultimately a fool's game to go off of simply because there's going to be a regression in that regard, in my opinion, simply because look at other teams around the league. I do think that the Rams aren't ultimately going to be uh, the highest in overall attempts. So, well, did their uh, defense get better? Well, I mean, uh, you, you look at the other teams around the league also got worse. I mean, the Atlanta Falcons, for one, I do think. Yeah, but, like, there's, like, actually – still like, – I, I would bet, like, like thousands of dollars that they're still top five in pass attempts. Maybe it's a little bit less than what they had last year. But, to me, Jared Goff is, is strictly, like, a volume quarterback. He's going to be, like, probably top 15 lock just from a volume perspective. So, that's why I have him ranked but, there. But when you're relying on such volume without efficiency to carry your numbers, if, you, if that uh, overall volume takes any dip – but well, we don't know the efficiency yet. I'm, I'm just like more like Fair. this is kind of polar opposite to the last two guys we talked about. But like with Goff, he's he's the type of guy I would pair Mayfield with is because I can use Goff because Goff, w- whether he's efficient or not, he, we don't know yet. But uh, he's going to be sa- like he's going to probably be safer just from a pass attempts perspective. Yeah, we're, well, I was just going to say we're splitting hairs here like 14, 18. Like all these guys are kind of in the same well, tier. I mean, four quarterback differences. Well, I mean, they're all the same tier, though. They're all streamers at the end of the day. They're not guys that you're going to be comfortable with starting every week. It's just when I'm looking at golf, like you have to rely on such volume without efficiency to carry the numbers. I it's just work, though. 12, I, 7, and then 13 last year. Well, I get that, but relying on such high volume ultimately is how you rely on someone who just doesn't have the upside. I'd much prefer a guy like, for example, I have Ben Roethlisberger, who's going to no have the way. who's going to have no the ball. If you get 16 games out of Ben Roethlisberger, I could bet you right now he'll finish above Jared Goff. He won't. I'll take that bet every day of the week. Okay, I'll, I'll bet you it then. 
top ten if he plays sixteen games. Like and he has actually What? <laughs> what? Like they're gonna produce similar volumes, except Ben Roethlisberger is the better quarterback with better weapons. Are they gonna produce similar volumes? The they Steelers have one of the best it, three defenses in the league. If if Roethlisberger plays sixteen games, yeah, they will. But, uh, um, why? We, you know, we've seen a large sample size of Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, but we they have not had good defenses up until last year, though. Uh, they, the Steelers and they've had been, elite passing offense. The Steelers yeah, yeah, go have back always had six. I mean, sure, sure. Take it since 2010. Then we'll just say take it since 2013. Then we'll say. I mean, he's he's ultimately buoyed two top elite receivers in the league for the past. Okay, but now he doesn't have that. He doesn't have a, an elite well, I mean, back either. I mean, James Conner was very fantasy oh, relevant. Do you hate two years ago? Don't defend him for a take. When Ben Roethlisberger was healthy two years ago, James Conner wasn't a top five running back. Was he? You they had Bell. Yeah. What? What? Two years ago? The year Bell sat out. Even when, even when they oh. lost Bell, James Conner was phenomenal that year. Well, that, that's the line. The line has now gone okay. down. Either way, we got to rip through a, through yeah, a lot sorry. more of these. We'll so get to Ben. Let's get uh, let's get to Aaron Rodgers real quick. I think we got unless uh, Lucas, you want to add something about golf real quick? No, that's the same thing for Rodgers. They're just going to finish there just because it, it's what it is. You can't like argue that they're going to finish lower unless they miss a bunch of games. So they're both, like I said high twos with the chance to be a top five in a week. So next up is Drew Locke. Um, trying to look at this overall rankings for him. So Tyler and Corey are the highest at 15, 16. And me and Danny have him at 21. So I'll give my spot. The only reason I have him here is because – actually, there's a couple reasons. The hit rates, there's never been a quarterback drafted in year two – sorry, drafted in round two in year two to finish as a top 24 quarterback. Like that, that does mean something. Like it yeah. was a hit rate, but it does prove something. They're going to come in projected to pass the ball a lot, but then I've sort of been reading and listening and stuff, and they're going to try and run the ball now too. They brought Melvin Gordon to switch into his zone scheme. So to me, it's like, yes, the weapons are there. Yes, we see the upside, but he really actually wasn't that great in the four games he played last year. So to me, I think he's just going to be a low two, maybe spike one or two weeks. But overall, in the long term of a year, this team is still going to ride their defense. They're still going to try and – just manage on offense, bringing in the rookies. I think he's still not there yet. But that being said, next year, I think he'll be kind of around maybe the, you could say the Daniel Jones for you or like the Matt Stafford range because the offense will be in year two with the new scheme. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I I just want to mention with Drew Locke again, I like him from a ceiling perspective. I get like you're getting a top 10 potential guy. If everything works out with the weapons that they have, I just ultimately think that as Lucas said, they may be a more run-type run team simply because they have an elite defense. They're going to be a good team in my estimation this year. There's really not going to be a true dependency on him absolutely carrying the offense. In general, there's a lot of – like I don't want to say question marks because they're all talented pieces, but we don't know exactly – like Jerry receiver, we don't know how Melvin Gordon is going to adjust the system. We don't know how Drew Locke's going to look with a larger sample size. So ultimately, those question marks kind of impact my ranking for him. But if we're talking just upside, I do believe he does have that top-ten type upside. Yeah, I'm, yeah, you can go ahead. Yeah, so 29th in red zone percentage last year, uh, 32nd in, in, in passing attempts. I mean, it, it's just not there. Uh, the offense just wasn't good when it came to receiving. Uh, he did step in, and they started winning. And I think they kind of rehauled their entire offense in the draft. Uh, they had fan. They went ahead and grabbed uh, three receivers, uh, even picking up an undrafted free agent. No, seventh round, I think. Tyree uh, Cleveland from Florida. Um, to go along with uh, Jerry Judy and um, Speedy, KJ Hamler. Um, Cortland Sutton. So, what was that? Uh, and then they already had Cortland Sutton. 
Yeah, yeah. So they already had something too. And, and Deshaun <laughs> Hamilton, who will compete with uh, Hamler, in my personal opinion, um, you're going to see an overhaul in their offense, uh, kind of a shift in, in how they want to function. They did add Melvin Gordon. I think he will provide some really solid receiving work as well as efficiency in running. I think the overall offense is just going to go up uh, kind of through the roof. I think the team's ready uh, to at least show they can compete this year and get ready for the run next year. I do believe Drew Locke will be remarkably better next year, but I still think he has a good amount of value. Uh, why I want to find him at 15 on, on my on my rankings uh, for this year. Yeah, I pretty much similar rationale to me. I think it's just it, it's hard it's hard to decipher between these ceiling and floor guys because I have Goff ahead of him, who's more of a floor type um, quarterback, and then Drew Locke at uh, 16, I believe. Drew Locke is something like I, I guess I'm just willing to miss on him. If I miss, I miss, and then I'll I'll pick up another quarterback to pair with him, or I'll, I'll stream the position or. It's just, it's kind of just, I don't have to draft him at 16. I could probably get him later than that. It's just more so I'm willing to bet on the flash that I saw from him last year, coupled with the weapons that he has around him. Yeah. So right. bouncing off big Ben, uh, we kind of got into a quick rant about him. Uh, anyone want to take a quick take for me and Danny kill each other? <laughs> yeah. So we, we, it's hard to like set in stone, like you're taking in injuries or you're not taking in injuries. But for Big Ben, I think it's a little different because if you're not ranking Big Ben, if you're ranking Big Ben due to injury, then, like, what are you ranking? If that kind of makes sense. Like, are you ranking that he plays eight games? And then, like, why is it Mason Rudolph in your rankings? Like, so you have to kind of take into account. So really, as of now, most of the time, I just take into account, like, no one's hurt. Everyone's playing 16 games. What would happen? Big Ben, when he plays, is a top 10 fantasy quarterback. I'm at 15 because there's so much good options this year, but he is an elite fantasy option. They throw the ball. I mean, we saw two years ago with Antonio Brown and Juju. Not that they have Antonio Brown, but they have Juju in the slot, they said. Eric Ebron is better than when they had Vance McDonald that year, or they had someone else too, I can't remember. Now they have Deontay Johnson, James Washington, now Chase Claypool. Their O-line is still good. It's still a top off 15 offensive line in the league, not as good as they used to be. But if Big Ben is playing, he will be calling the plays. Like, he's not going to come back from his worst injury of his career and be like, yeah, you can tell me what to do. It'll be his offense. <laughs> They're going, to be throwing, they're going to run the ball, but they're going to be throwing the ball because they're going to be efficient on offense, so the drives are going to be longer. So he will be at the top um, to me going hand-in-hand. Hand, I have Juju super high, too, because if he is moving back to the slot, we have to take into account his past slot production with Antonio Brown, probably one of the best receivers to play in the last 20 years, on the other side of the field, and he was a top 10 fantasy wide receiver. So all that's going to come hand-in-hand hand, hand hand with – why I think he's 15, but like 15 to me seems way too low. If he's playing 16 games, I just can't move him up. As I was of gonna, now, I can't move him higher than like Baker and Jared Goff, et cetera. Yeah, I agree. I was going to add to that too. Uh, keep in mind, like, I'm not by any means saying that Deontay Johnson is Antonio Brown, but the role that he's going to play in the offense is going to play similarly. I mean, you're going to have him on the outside. But no, one, no one's – like Antonio Brown cannot take a snap where he's not being um, at least bracketed. Like if not – like – not to mention the best corners always on Antonio Brown and all that stuff. It's more so the attention factor. It's, it makes the quarterback's job easier. It makes Juju Smith-Schuster's job easier. It makes like, I, I I'm going to move big Ben up after this. I am. I'm admittedly a little too low on him. I think I would definitely take him over a couple of the guys that I have ahead of him currently. But to me, like the, the upside to me is just like, he didn't look good the last time he played. He threw for 5,000 yards or whatever it was the last full season he played, but he like he threw a lot of bad picks that cost his team games. Yeah. Like I think the thing like he just like, didn't look very good. Like, and I don't really yeah. want to bet on a guy who just like 
I, they're not going to bench him because they have no one behind him. Like, had they had Jameis Winston, maybe this is a different conversation. But I just yeah, don't really want to trust what uh, I saw from him last time I saw him. Plus, there's always the injury concern with him and whatnot. I just, I just wanted to go into uh, – because obviously we're talking about Antonio Brown versus Deontay Johnson. I get the bracketing argument, and it's valid because obviously, like, I'm not going to make the argument that Deontay Johnson's on Antonio Brown's level again. Antonio Brown, for, for this whole generation, him and Julio are, in my opinion, the two best – of this generation and particularly nobody else really kind of makes that makes their way into that conversation from pure, purely a dominance and a skill set aspect of it. Uh, Antonio Brown was just phenomenal. Obviously we're not talking about his clown behavior recently, but uh, yeah, when he was on the field, but what Deontay Johnson does is he, he takes that outside role, 88% of the snaps on the outside last year, only 12% of the slot. And when he was actually on the outside, he was efficient. He was efficient in beating man-to-man coverage, efficient in beating press. So while he's not Antonio Brown, he does take that role. It opens up more uh, inside for Juju Smith-Susu, who's going to be in the slot. Obviously, you're adding Ebron, who's one of the best red zone weapons in the entire league. I mean, he's just going to I mean, he had shot. one good season. Like, I'm not going to go uh, as far as to say that. He's, he's definitely better than what's Yeah, there. oh, yeah, for sure. And like okay. I said, I'm going to move Ben up. I, I am too low on him, but – this offense is not going to be the same as it was with Lev Bell and Antonio Brown and, and stuff like that. It's, well, it's, it's just not. It, it's just, yeah, no, it's just not. And for that reason, coupled with his age, coupled with the decline I saw from his play, coupled with the injury concern, he just has more questions to me than some of the guys I have in front of him. That's fair. All right. All right, okay. Uh, so next up, do you want to add anything, Tyler? Sorry. Uh, no, I mean, I just don't really believe in him, uh, the offense at all, and I think it's it's – shown that they just want to run the ball uh, with Connor and now they end Anthony McFarlane. Uh, I just don't think the offense is going to be very efficient. And I think they're going to have to rely on their defense. Will he be better than Mason Rudolph? Yeah. Cause like, shit, I think I could be better than Mason Rudolph, but I don't really. I used to play quarterback. I, I used to be, uh, I used to be. <laughs> All right. So next, up, Uncle Rico. next up we have Ryan Tannehill. Um, He's tough to rank. So if we just kind of look at what we have him ranked, Bush has him at 15 and we all kind of have him around 20. I have him at 23. And it comes literally down to one thing, um, that he was 45th in total attempts last year, which obviously he didn't play the full season. But – or sorry, 45th in attempts per game. Sorry, not just attempts because he would have been like 60th in attempts. And he was ninth in touchdowns per game with the second highest TD rate. So if it – the thing where it sticks with me is if he's not going to be much higher, like, okay, say he goes to 30th in attempts per game – even then, the TD rate's still going to regress. This is going to regress because just based off statistical regression of all time, every quarterback that puts above a seven regresses at least 2%. It's just how it's going to be. And if you take a guy on a run-first offense that's going to throw 2% less touchdowns, it just kind of scares me. But that being said, if you're in a super flex league, like he's as safe as it gets for uh, QB2 because this offense is going to be good. Like to me, I think this team honestly could go back – to the AFC Championship because what's stopping them from doing that? Like, people will say Derrick Henry can't do it again. If you can't do it again, he wouldn't have done it three times in the playoffs or the last two years. So it's going to do it again. This offense will be good. I'm just scared about that TD regression. Yeah, I guess I should probably speak on him considering I have him the highest. Again, I might move him down because, like like you said, the TD regression is probably going to be there. I'm more so betting on the fact that not that Derrick Henry is going to not do it again, but they can't seriously win games as much as they like. They won games where they like Tannehill wasn't throwing the ball at all. Like I don't know, maybe what I saw from Tannehill, times, though. what like, I saw from Tannehill, he posted some of the best like quarterback ratings uh, throwing beyond like 20 plus yards in the, in like the history of the NFL last year. Like he was, 
incredibly efficient. And I know you don't want to bet on that. Obviously, like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to move him down, but I think he genuinely just like took a step forward into his career. I think he's going to be, like you said, super flex QB two. He's like who I want all day. Like, I think he's as safe as they come. I just, yeah. Like, I, I don't think there's a chance in hell he finishes like higher than like QB eight, but I also don't think he's going to finish lower than like QB 18. So I think his range of outcomes are, are pretty safe. Safety what screams it to me. That's why yeah. I'm a 20. Uh, very, very safe guy who will, who may actually eclipse over 20. I think uh, we always see guys go down. Um, he's stayed, eh, Miami was rough, but you know, most of the time he stayed relatively healthy outside when, you know, Steelers players were taking cheap shots at him. Uh, lol. Gosh. Oh no, that was Matt Moore. LOL. Anyways, <laughs> completely derailed my argument. Um, no, I just think he's a very safe player. Um, that's going to get you a good baseline of points. Uh, super flex wise. Yes. Quarterback too. Absolutely support that. I just don't know if I can see him at 15. Okay. All right. Next up is Gardner Minshew. And I am, am I the highest on him? I am the highest on him. I, I've been yeah. sort of creeping him up. Um, so he has like one of the easiest schedules you can get in terms of yard per pass attempt, pass defense efficiency, defense efficiency, just win total. Like the schedule is great. The thing that I think intrigues me the most is that Leonard Fournette is not going to see the same work he had last year. One, because Chris Thompson, but two, because Chris Thompson like isn't going to stay healthy because he never has for a full season. It's just going to lead to more pass attempts. He's going to build off what he did last year out of the Viscous Chanel, which I think is huge because, I mean, I hate stupid comps, but Debo Samuel, a player like that's just a really good safety blanket. They said they're going to use him in the backfield, tight end, receiver, quarterback. Like He's going to be used all over. You have DJ Chark. They're just going to throw the ball because his team is going to suck. They're probably going to have the number one pick next year. And he has to play for his job. Like, he has to show why he should be the quarterback, not Trevor Lawrence, et cetera, et cetera, next year. I think he's just – I don't want to say he's going to ball out because he's at 18, but I think he's just going to be a good fantasy option because they're going to be losing, throwing the ball, and Leonard Fournette's going to not see the work he saw last year. Yeah, they're going to pick Penny Sewell next year, not Trevor Lawrence. I, I believe that yeah. much in, in Gardner Minshew as a player. Man, some of like the advanced analytics and stuff, and some of the other numbers, like he should have won Offensive Rookie of the Year over Kyler Murray. Like he was like legitimately better. It's just that he had a couple, like he had like two or three meltdown games where he got benched, yeah. and like he's also just not. He they don't have a lot invested in him. So this, obviously this isn't a dynasty show. So we're down anyways too. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Gardner Minshew, like you said, he, his defense is going to be garbage again. Like they're going to throw the ball like crazy. Um, I, lo- I like a lot. I want a piece of this passing game. I like DJ Chark quite a bit. I'm, I don't know, probably not LaVisca Chenault just cause he's more of a, like he might, he's a rookie, like rookie receivers. You don't know what to get from them, but yeah, Gardner Minshew, like I like all these quarterbacks. <laughs> like it's hard to decide who to put where. Cause I like all of them. I'd be fine with most of them on my team. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. That's pretty much it. Secret Garden, what a legend. Uh, mustache is why he's at 21. We'll move on. He's a sexy uh, human being. <laughs> All right, next up is Joe Burrow. Um, I have him the lowest because I just don't know where to rank him because, like, I always come back to, like, trying to move him up, and I'm sitting here like, I don't know, because is he going to post a stat line like Ryan Tannehill, like Drew Locke, like Kirk Cousins, or is he going to be really good and post a stat line like Matt Stafford? We don't know. But I think I have him the lowest just because the Bengals still aren't good. I think Andy Dalton is efficient enough that even if he was playing, he would have been somewhat fantasy relevant. Like, I get Joe Burrow's good. You could say he's better than Andy Dalton, but Andy Dalton's a pretty good game manager, and he would have been able to do it with the same offense. So we'll see. I Closer to the season, I'll probably have him moved up, or I could just, it could bite me back if I have him this low. But I just think as of now, 
one offensive lineman in Jonah Williams has never played a snap in the NFL is not making this offensive line better. The defense got better, like really a lot better. They have all three new corners. They got um, DJ Reader from the Texans, like a top five D tackle last year. So they're going to be on offense less. And I think that if they pay Joe Mixon, they're going to feed him on the ground. So there's just kind of a lot of things going against him, but also going for him. So I'm kind of split on him. Yeah, I have him the highest right now. I'm at 17 again to me. Uh, I, I just believe – I know this is probably a coin phrase for me by now. Nobody's, believe, de- nobody's denying the talent. I was about to say, I just believe in the talent, you know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's the number one pick. Uh, we saw exactly uh, – obviously, he's not going to have the rushing floor of a guy like Kyler Murray, but we saw last year that when you're just a talented quarterback, you could some of these guys, some of these special talents, like I believe Joe Burrow is, can step into those sort of situations and still produce. Now, I, I still think there is risk, which is why I have him at 17. But I think ultimately here – I mean, you're getting weapons back as much as we want to hate on A.J. Green because he can't stay healthy. Whenever the games he is on the field, he's going to be a, be a good weapon for Burrow. Still got Tyler Boyd in the system. He's still got T. Higgins. Like, this is ultimately, in my opinion, going to be a, uh, a good supporting cast for Burrow in that sense. Again, the offensive line is a major fucking it's question mark at this point, which is ultimately keeping out of the top 15. But from a complete stealing standpoint, I do believe that he wants a 17 spot for me. He can scoot, in my opinion. I think he can yeah. run pretty well. I think he's going to rely on his legs because he's going to be running for his life a lot well, of the time. Baker running yeah. in college. Seriously. No, no. I, Joe Burrow is a better athlete. Joe, Joe, Burrow, uh, Joe Burrow is Baker a clean had athlete. very efficient rushing stats in college. Though. I think, yeah. man, I, honestly, Joe Burrow is like, like the level of Daniel Jones like athlete yeah. to me. So I think, I think he's going to be able to pick up some, some scramble yards because, he's like I said, he's going to be running for his life back there. I like Danny said. I, I'm I'm more so just he's more so just a dart throw like quarterback too in a in a re, like a, a single quarterback league. He's the type of quarterback I would pair with someone like Jared Goff, where I just want an upside quarterback. I just don't have um, my mind into it. It, it. I just this year because I really don't think the situation changed outside of them basically saying uh, it's okay, Adrian Green. We don't need you to come back because we got T Higgins. Now you want to come back and play with us? Sure, why not? Um, but I, I mean, I a really... franchise tag AJ Green. Yeah, but like yeah. having five different receivers like doesn't help. Having I mean, it helps the quarterback. It doesn't help the yeah. receivers. But I'm, but... I'm saying like having five receivers is the same as having three receivers because like the five aren't all on the field at the same time. Like John Ross won't be on the field every single. Well, yeah, time. John Ross can go to back to his nor- like what his role should be at this point, yeah. is, which is just stretching the field because he can't really yeah. do anything else. The thing, the thing yeah. I think is going to suck is his ADP is not going to be this low by any means. No, no, I don't think so either. So yeah. you're not going to be able to – I mean, you can get him at your QB2. Especially if, if we get preseason games and people see him play because the kid's, the kid's fucking good as hell. Yeah, so. just like Baker last year, he tore up the seven strings and he was super high on the ADP for sure. All righty. We'll move on. We have, what, three more, three or four? I don't even know. Kirk yeah, Cousins is next. 22 right now. Yeah, Kirk Cousins is next. I mean, he's here because he's going to finish here. The upside is clearly not there. Um, it, I will say one thing. Adding Gary Kubiak could maybe unlock – a little more passing volume, but losing yeah. Stephon Diggs and replacing him with a rookie is not going to help that. So I think it just kind of balances itself out. Um, I think that, I mean, this isn't applying to redraft, but personally, Dalvin Cook, they're not going to sign him back. I don't think they're going to, they're not in the cap space to do it. And he's just an injury prone running back as it is. I'm not saying they're going to give him less work, you but I'm saying. Dalvin Cook, man. He's, he's, he's going to go to the Jets. Great. Oh. But I think your cousins, like, like I said, the whole, um, Baker Mayfield, like the run-pass ratio, if it stays the same, you're banking on a high TD rate. Because when he, when he was a top-10 quarterback three or four years, or at least two years in the Vikings, it was because of high TD rate, not because they threw the ball a lot or he was super, not, he was super efficient, but like he was a really good 
passing quarterbacks. You're just banking on a 6 to 7% TD rate. But in that being said, in Superflex of the QB2, kind of like Tannehill, Minshew, sure. you can't go wrong with it at all. Yeah, I just want to. I, I don't hate him. I think the defense yeah. got margin like marketably worse. Oh, it's so like the, there is a chance the that he he monster. does not throw 480 passes this year like he did last year. So I mean, I don't hate him. I I think he's a solid quarterback too, like you mentioned. I I he's just, I just can't rank him ahead of the other guys because the volume is not going to be there most likely. I just wanted to mention. Sorry, I just wanted to mention quickly. Uh, I get that like they they had again the third heaviest run, run the pass offense last year, but it's not like we're replacing him with a with like getting back a Pat Shermer for that team. We're replacing him with Gary Kubiak, who's been one of the highest run the pass splits in the entire league once he's been the play caller. So it's not like we're going to naturally project a big increase in volume. Although there there is going to be some, it just simply, he's a safe QB too. There's not really much else to him in my opinion. Like he's not going to finish in the top 12, but he's going to finish anywhere in that 13 to 24 range where like pick and choose because everybody, like all those guys kind of have the same baseline in my opinion. Since becoming a starter, he's yet to finish under 15, under quarterback 15. And that was uh, last year with an offense that I think was a little bit more run heavy than, than what they're going to be dealing with this year. And I, I don't see, again, like Corey made the point, uh, the defense is worse. Um, they lost a lot of pieces. There's going to be more passing. Um, will the efficiency be great? No, but I still think he could finish 17. That's why I'm ranked the highest ranked uh, out, of, out of everyone here. I'm the only one with him in the uh, in the teens, and I'm good with him being there. I just genuinely believe he's he just naturally has always finished in that top uh, in above top 15. Um, we talked about it with Rogers. We talked about it with Dolph. Why aren't we talking about it with Cousins? He's the guy who's consistently done it throughout his. Yeah. His are you are I think I'm just a little low because I'm scared of Thielen's injury and the lack of other weapons like Justin Jefferson. Like, I love Justin Jefferson, but he's not an alpha. Like, he's not a Yeah, and he's what if he struggles his rookie year? Then it's just feeling. I think that's where, like, we see a little bit of a downgrade. Like, like I get exactly what you're saying. That's why it's tough to rank him here because he yeah. is a good quarterback. He does finish that high. Well, the, but it's so not like the Redskins had a shit ton of receiving targets. Like, they had yeah, – It's, it's honestly just tough to rank all these quarterbacks, to be honest, because they're all – like, you can all, like – make an argument for them to be either be safe and finish as a top 15 quarterback or to have a lot of upside and be a top 10 quarterback. For sure. Now, uh, fine, but yeah. Next guy, next guy on the list, I uh, actually have one spot ahead of Cousins. Uh, we have Jimmy Garoppolo, who we have ranked. Uh, Lucas at 24, uh, Corey, or sorry, Corey at 24, Lucas at 19, Tyler at 23, and myself at 22 again. Uh, similar to Cousins, I just feel like it's not really going to be a high volume uh, in terms of passing offense. I just believe, like, the real difference between those two guys, in my opinion, is I believe uh, Kurt, or, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo has a little bit of better we- weapons to work with. So, ultimately, uh, can pick and choose between those guys. We're ultimately going to have an ADP uh, battle video on uh, those two guys, so stay tuned. But, uh, yeah, if there's some of the quarterbacks to me, it's just ultimately the weapons, in my opinion, ultimately, I say that a lot, uh, puts Garoppolo one spot higher. Yeah, I agree with all that. Yeah, it's the exact same. He's going to finish as a probably QB 14-15, but you just have to have him ranked here because it's hard to put him over the guys ahead of him. I don't think Brandon Ayuk necessarily helps him that much because we already have Debo Samuel, so it's not like it like, is huge where if they would have given and got, I don't know, Higgins or someone, I think that would have helped more because he would have had that true possession guy, but still, he'll still be fine. And last off, to end off the list, if you want to get the rest um, down below the link to see the rest of our rankings as well as the top, if you don't want to watch the rest of Wednesday's video, is Derek Carr. Derek? 
he's Call. also tough because we can make all the same arguments that he has similar weapons to Jimmy G, Kirk Cousins, et cetera, et cetera. But I, to me, like I don't even have him the lowest. Bush has him the lowest. To me, I don't think this offense is going to work with all they're going to – they're going to try to do too much the first couple of weeks, and they're going to realize that it's way too much they can actually do and have to adjust it from there. And losing four weeks of what I think Derek Carr can do obviously is going to set you back in rankings. I just think they're going to – I don't know. Like, they just have too many gadget players. Like, they have Ruggs as their one, but they're probably going to try and use Edwards as their one. They'll probably try and use Tyrell Williams. Darren Waller's still there. Jason Witten's there, so he's going to yeah. be that gross. Um, he's better than, better oh. than Blake Gordon, though. I'm just kidding. But um, I don't know. I think there's, there's going to be a lot of forced touches, which doesn't really help in terms of, like, points per game based on, like, a forced touch. It doesn't help the fantasy value of the quarterback because if you're giving Bowden – a two-yard pass, you could be throwing the ball twenty yards downfield. So in the long run, it's just I don't think the upside's really there. Um, he could he could easily like I have no I like you said I have him at twenty-five. He could easily like prove me wrong on this, but I'm just like not willing to bet on Derek Carr like at yeah. all. Like I love I love Henry Ruggs more than anyone, but like he can't carry a fantasy quarterback, and like all his other like receiving options are like close to the line of scrimmage, like guys that like. I, I don't know. There's just not, I just don't see a lot of upside for Derek Carr. I like, I wouldn't be shocked if he was quarterback 17 on the year. Cause like he, people are bound to get injured and, and be inconsistent and stuff. So there's a chance he just is, is solid and quarterback too. If you wait on quarterback, maybe you like Derek Carr, you can pair him up with another safe quarterback and you just fade the position completely. So I, I like, I don't hate Derek Carr. I'm just like, I can't rank him above the other guys. Cause I don't see the upside. I'm high on him. I'm very much sold into Derek Carr this year. They added offensive weapons for him. It's a clear top 10 line. I would argue top five offensive line in the NFL. And they added uh, John Simpson to replace uh, Incognito. So dynasty-wise, I'm very much behind Derek Carr. Uh, added to the point that he had his highest passing uh, passing yards and attempt season last year. Um, with Gruden, Gruden's clear into let's, let's pass the ball. Yes, they're also running the ball with Josh Jacobs. I think that's an actual benefit for him. I think him running the ball efficiently – is taken away uh, for Carr passing the ball. I think he, at 19, is very much possible. I think the weapons built around him, uh, they're built for his success. And, yes, shit. Again, we, we've talked about it so many times. There's definitely a chance that some of these guys, maybe it's just hard to kind of tier them, but I'm just a little higher on, on Carr than I am with other, with other players on this list. And he's why I'm willing to take risks on Mayfield and guys like that that might not work out is because I can always go back to the – like, I, I don't play in any super flex redraft leagues. Only in uh, Dynasty do I play in those. So I'm I'm more willing to just take risks on risky quarterbacks. And I'll ha- I always have Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins and Jimmy Garoppolo to fall back on in the waiver wire if I'm screwed and I have no co- uh, quarterback that I drafted. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, pretty much the same points. I have him at 25, so just outside the top 24. Again, uh, with a guy like that, same thing with Cousins, same thing with Jimmy G. He's probably going to be safe. He's probably going to be – uh, in that high QB3, low QB2 type range, in my opinion. But ultimately here, uh, I just prefer the other guys a little bit more than him. So uh, not, nothing against Eric Carr. I think he's a fine quarterback. But again, in terms of the volume, in terms of the overall weapons around him, I ultimately have him below those guys. Yeah. Well, guys, we did it. Uh, that's our uh, top 24 uh, quarterbacks. If you didn't check out part one, you might as well do that. Uh, we'll put that somewhere on the screen. Do, 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 do. Uh, if you guys um, like the content, you got this far for a reason, like – sub hit the bell maybe make a comment anything you want we'll answer it if it's not a question we'll respect your statement but do so we appreciate it guys anything final takes at all 
Nope. Nope. Good. Big Ben's a bust for the NFL. See you guys.